right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Talking Pit. Uh, this is episode three. Uh, I am not Stephanie Mock. I am Aaron Duvall uh, hosting this episode. And I had the luxury of speaking with uh, two of my my favorite gentlemen here in Pittsburgh, um, Chris Hoppy and Evan Thatcher. Um, so, you know, both of you guys very unique in nature as far as like uh, your title, your responsibilities, what you've done for Pitt and in the community. So, um, I think all three of us could probably uh, go on and ramble, so I don't want to take too much of y'all's time away from you. Um, and uh, we also have a finite amount of time, so Evan, I don't even know if you can say your whole title within the time frame <laughs> that we have. Uh, but if both of you guys just kind of want to introduce yourself and uh, give a little bit of background about yourself, your current role, and kind of how you got there. Chris, we'll start with you. Sure. Uh, yeah. So uh, happy to be here. Thanks, Aaron, uh, you know, for, for uh, having us. Um, excited to be here. Excited to always talk pit, uh, particular pit performance. So um, yeah, uh, Chris Hoppy, Executive Associate AD at Pitt. Uh, I've been here now a little over five years, uh, joined uh, the University of Pittsburgh when Heather Light came uh, here. We, we both had worked together at Eastern Michigan University uh, when she got the job at Pitt. Um, I had I had lived in the city of Pittsburgh before when I worked at Robert Morris University. So excited about the chance to come back. Um, yeah, and it's it's been a great five years. I, I spent, you know, the first, you know, four or so overseeing most of our internal operations. Uh, that's how I got uh, my hands on performance team and, um, you know, uh, specifically sports science and some other things that we, we got to do that was really fun. Um, and now I'm, I'm a little more revenue focused, uh, facing externally, working with the corporate side trademark and licensing, um, but still uh, still helping performance team work on the sports science elements and, um, uh, you know, uh, show show the world what pick can be. That's that's sort of what I do. Awesome. Thank you, Evan. We'll throw it over to you. Great. Well, hey, thanks, Aaron. Appreciate the opportunity to talk with you today and to be on this with uh, with Chris, my my partner in crime for the last mm -hmm. number of years. Uh, so my name is Evan Fasher. I'm for the University of Pittsburgh, I'm the Vice Chancellor for Innovation and Entrepreneurship, and I'm also, I have a title in the School of Medicine. I'm Associate Dean in the, in the School of Medicine. Uh, my, my focus at the university is uh, really helping to serve as the commercialization hub for activities across campus, whether it be things that are developed in, in our labs on campus, where this year we'll have over a billion dollars of, of research, uh, running a lot of our most immersive student entrepreneurial programs, uh, we work with early stage businesses throughout six counties of southwestern Pennsylvania. Um, and then we also, for the for the university, are, are handling some of our larger business development industry sponsored research uh, arrangements that are both kind of business development in nature and then alliance management in, in nature as well. Uh, I've been at Pitt this January will be nine years that I've been here and prior to that, I spent 15 years in industry, life sciences industry, half that time at uh, startup uh, biotech companies and half of that time at large pharmaceutical companies. And uh, I actually did my graduate work here at Pitt. So while I'm not born and raised in Pittsburgh, I have spent a good deal of time here uh, over the last uh, few decades. Awesome. Well, so two super impressive uh, resumes, also two pretty like I guess, seemingly diverse uh, backgrounds and experiences as well. And um, I think you two collectively, like like Evan said, uh, like the two partners in crime, one of the things uh, in common that you guys have, and I think a big reason that 
Um, you know, I've really enjoyed being at Pitt and the initiative that's been pushed. Um, a lot of the fact due to you two guys is really our whole uh, sports science initiative. So um, I guess this could kind of go to to either of you guys, but like, you know, with with, you know, a, a diverse background um, or, you know, maybe differing roles and responsibilities. How did you two kind of come together, form a partnership? Um, what's that process been like in uh, forming that partnership as well as just the influence and getting uh, this whole sports science initiative kind of generated here at Pitt? Sure. Go ahead, Evan. I'll, I'll give my version of the story, then kind of Chris can give his mm -hmm. version of the story. But uh, so I, I remember I was I was actually in this office. It must be about five years ago, and I got a phone call from a guy from the athletic department named Chris Hoppy, who was <laughs> asking about um, one of the things that my office does is help spin out companies based on university technology. We spin out fifteen or twenty new companies a year, just based on research that's done on, on campus. One of those companies that we spun out reached out to Chris. It was a you know, it, was, it was in the rehabilitation kind of physical therapy space. They reached out to Chris specifically around, uh, hey, do you want to, do does, does the athletic department want to buy our technology or use our technology? So he reached out to me to do some diligence on, you know, what did, what they have, was it real? Was it really from the university? Um, and the first conversation that we, that started a bunch of this was then talking about how, a lot of these technologies that are created on our campus that may be athletics in nature never get used by our athletes before they're out on the marketplace. And the specific example we talked about was a company we spun out of Pitt about 13 years ago called Diamond Kinetics. It came from our uh, School of Engineering. It was a technology focused on being able to understand from a three-dimensional perspective how a bat swings. And it's, it's a pretty neat technology, neat company. Now they're big partners with major league baseball, minor league, all kinds of travel clubs and baseball and softball. Uh, but the conversation was really around that company at that point in time was about 10 years old and the, the Yankees were using their technology and it had never ever been used by anybody on our baseball team or our softball team, despite the fact that the technology was great. And then that started to birth. Well, if we have all this research going on, how come we can't take advantage of it here first? And then, that was kind of my recollection, but let me see what, what Chris has to, to fill in the right blanks. Yeah, no, I, I, mine is similar. And, and, uh, and it began really with our chancellor, uh, chancellor Gallagher, um, you know, mentioning to our athletic director, you know, we, we, we are really at university of Pittsburgh blessed with some outstanding resources, uh, faculty researchers in, in the health sciences. Um, and, and he had said to her, you know, I, I have never, seen us at Pitt and or really at a lot of schools um, leverage those resources into athletic achievement. Um, uh, and why don't you figure, you know, figure out how we could do that at Pitt? That's the full uh, manual of instructions we got on <laughs> how we should go about this process. Um, but it didn't take long for me. And of course, you know, our athletic director passed it on to me to say, hey, go figure this out. Um, and it didn't take long for me to get to that phone call with Evan um, simply because, um, you know, he, he was somebody who was already known to the athletic department, um, you know, a season ticket holder in multiple sports, but, uh, but also because of that, that background that you mentioned that he mentioned, um, you know, uh, working with companies trying to, you know, uh, find products to take to market that, that, that really better, 
better the world and, and uh, you know, potentially have applications in spaces that the people don't realize. Um, and so so the, the due diligence was great. Um, it actually led us, you know, very quickly away from the company that I was calling about, but very, very uh, quickly also into a lot of other interesting areas um, that, that we've, you know, many, many of those we've, we've realized and, and many more still to come. But, um, but it, it planted the seed that, that we at Pitt really did have the muscle haha, um, to do this uh, at, at a really high level. And the, together we kind of began setting out to figure out exactly how we would do it to uh, distinguish ourselves and, and in fact, really win games and be healthier because, because of those efforts. So since that, since that initial call, we have a standing Friday morning meeting every week for basically the last five years where we've been plotting and kind of advancing and half the time crying on each other's shoulder, <laughs> determining, well, what do we need to do to change the course of this direction to, to kind of where we've landed this many years later? Yep. No, that, that's awesome. Um, you know, me coming in, I guess, you know, so many years later and just kind of seeing where it's at now mm-hmm. um, and, you know, hearing kind of the origin of like how this whole process started, how this whole uh, initiative and essentially department here at Pitt kind of started on uh, something, you know, seemingly, I won't say insignificant, mm-hmm. um, but just something so small, uh, mm-hmm. you know, so many years ago. So, um, I, Evan, I know you just mentioned like weekly phone calls, um, that you guys still have meetings that have kind of continued on since then. And, um, you know, what are, what are some things, uh, you know, again, from my experience coming in and just where it is now and the, the support that, uh, administration has, uh, the coaching staff, uh, the athletes and just the interest that a lot of people, um, around the community of Pitt athletics really has for this department you know, where, if you could give kind of like maybe a, a cliff note version of like, how did it go from that initial conversation of like, hey, there's interest in this and figuring out like, oh, well, like there is like leveraging that we can do uh, to, you know, utilize either the resources or the personnel or things that we can do a little bit better to build this, you know, so-called monster, like through the course of those so many years, what what are the kind of cliff notes of um, just maybe things that you've learned uh, throughout that process or highlights that you've had. Um, I know that's kind of two different questions, but uh, anything that kind of comes to mind there. Yeah. So, so for me, who comes from the, you know, I, I, what I bring to the table for Chris and the athletic department is the research infrastructure. And again, we're one of only 21 universities in the U S that has over a billion dollars of research. It's a huge amount of research and we can bring those folks to the table across the entirety of campus. But when doing that, one of the big learning points was the cultures of, you know, a, 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 a head coach and a dean of a department of science, really, the alignment of interest really doesn't exist at all. So finding out how do you kind of get the Rosetta Stone to have those two individuals or those kinds of folks be able to talk to each other in a productive manner where each party is getting a, a win-win out of the relationship. So I, I spend a lot of time just learning from Chris and learning through the experiences. Well, what are they? What are the customer needs from a uh, from an athletic department side, from a coaching side, from a strength and conditioning side, and trying to translate that back to our research community of this is what the needs are, this is what's different. How do we get from point A to point B? And it was all it's been a huge amount of trial and, and error, figuring out 
so what's the right kind of funding mechanisms? What are the right kind of incentives? Is this students? Is it undergraduates, graduate students? Is it postdoc? You know, who is the right person or group of people to be involved with this on the research side? Because it is, you know, they their interests are on publishing papers and long-term longitudinal studies, which are the exact opposite of needing to win now and needing to help people today. So uh, that that trying to get alignment of interest, different cultures, bring them together. That was the biggest learning for me. And then and in my mind, from all the benchmarking, the studying we've done as well, it's that's the main reason why this is not successful most places. It's getting those, that whole kind of collection of people to be on the same page. It's it's virtually impossible. Yeah. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, I, I the number of times we we literally say out loud, I can see why the this doesn't work most places. Um, you know, and that's the, when Evan says the crying on the shoulder, that that's really what it is because there's so many different roadblocks along the way that are just, we're just, it's, it's difficult to get the right foot to do, to go. And then the left foot to go and then the right. And, and, and there's, there's a lesson in that too, because, you know, if you, if you try to run before crawling and walking, you'll fall. Um, if you try to eat the whole steak in one bite, you'll fall. If you think that someone is going to hand you millions and millions of dollars to just go, Maybe there are places they do, but even then you usually fall because you haven't done the crawling and the walking to to operationalize what those millions of dollars would do for you. So you start in the wrong spot. You 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 use the technology in a way that's that's inappropriate or or even if you use it appropriately, you can't translate it. The Rosetta Stone things, it's a, a phenomenal analogy, you know. Um, and so so we we've you know failed more times than we've succeeded, but but we've been fortunate to succeed a bit. Um, you know, but it's it's evolved quite a bit from where it started, where, you know, we I think we thought, you know, we I mean, we had grand aspirations of, you know, I mean, won't everyone just understand how impactful this is and how important, um, you know, maybe we'll we'll build buildings right away. We'll have an institute. We'll we'll spin out technologies and we'll win NCAA championships. Um, the reality is that 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 probably someday we'll do all of those but that there's definitely a step-by-step uh, -step to doing it. And a lot of it is just um, educating everybody involved on what's possible um, and, and building infrastructure to get yourself to take, to reach another stage. And what we, all, what we always say is, is prove the concept. Um, the, the space that is sports science is not um, an institutionally or, or universally understood concept. Uh, I, I know the practitioners watching this will know that. Um, what, what we've found is that we, we have to, to really prove each concept to get the buy-in to then get the chance to prove another concept. Um, but you often at a, at a school will fail because um, you know, there isn't a right and left hand. If, you know, if, if, if I'm the left hand, Evan's the right. And so you, you fall eventually because there's not, there's not a buy-in, there's not a, a, a reach across the aisle, most places that is at a high enough level or functional enough. Um, and we've had, and, and we've been lucky. And we've had, I mean, early in the days, we've had, you know, 30 or 40 researchers in the room with, dozens of folks on the athletic side, coaches and strength and conditioning folks and everybody. And we have everybody there, but it's like, you know, half the time it's like oil and water. There's all the right people there, but if you can't find a way for that stuff to mix, then just because you have these people and these 
you know, incredibly intelligent practitioners, it, it doesn't happen. So it, it has been these very, very small wins and just racking up small win after small win to convince people that there is something here they should spend their time on. And that's been the history of this has been finding a couple of dollars in the couch cushions to do something unique and get a victory of that. And then that allowed us to do something a teeny tiny bit bigger and then a little bit bigger, but it's been, you know, the demonstration through wins that this thing can make a difference or can have an impact, but it, it's taken five years to get to the point where you have enough things where you start to build a little bit of credibility. And, you know, we've pitched in front of, you know, there is a, a billionaire in one of these rooms of pitching mm-hmm. this concept. And you know, while there was some interest, it didn't light their fire because there wasn't enough. Well, tell me how this is going to revolutionize or change things. And like Chris said before, we, we will get there, but it's, it's a long, it's a long process. It's something you can't put in, in the microwave and expect it's going to, you know, you're going to get a, an end result really quickly. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Um, I, you know, bias from my own experience, um, you know, being with you guys for a little over a year now, but, um, you know, I've definitely seen more than just a few small wins, um, and, you know, even just my time here. So I, I know that growth has probably been exponential. And um, like you said, and I, I love the Rosetta Stone analogy too. And I think a lot of the reason, um, you know, from my perspective that, some of that success has come uh, between, you know, this this merriment of both mm-hmm. worlds and that what makes certain conversations a little bit less oil and water is that you do have, um, you know, personnel kind of in the middle or at least mediating the conversations like you guys that can speak the languages of both parties or at least understand like the wins that need to take place for both parties for this you know, collaboration to be successful. Um, so you guys may not toot your own horn on that, but I, I certainly will. So I appreciate you guys for that. Um, and speaking to on, you know, the, I guess the collaboration between um, the academic side, the athletic side, um, if there is, um, I guess, kind of a two-parter here. One is, is like any more elaboration that you want to give on that, on like, you know, kind of how that bridge has been formed, but also like, where do you continue to see that uh, evolving here and, you know, what are the steps, um, from both the academic or athletic side, you know, what kind of steps need to take place for that collaboration to continue to be more successful and less oil and water. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I'll, I'll run out first. Um, I, what I would say is, you know, as, as much as we talk about small things, I think you're right, Aaron, if, if you, if you lay out all the things that we had working for us and the things that have been put together, I, you know, it, it's been great to have folks like yourself and Coach Mock come in and say, oh my goodness, right? Because um, it does give us the sense that we are making that progress. So um, academically speaking, what I would say is we're, we are incredibly blessed. So we do have a wide variety of faculty who are very interested right out of the gate in, and researchers in, in being a part of this. Um, it, it probably starts first and foremost with our neuromuscular research laboratory. Um, you know, I, it's been around for several decades um, and, uh, and, and conducts, you know, tens of millions of dollars of, of, of largely military-based research out of it, you know, right out of the gate. Um, our current director, so, so here's how it, you know, you piece these things together. Our current director of sports science came from that environment, however, 
Dr. Felix Prossel, uh, who, who some of you will know, um, you know, was a former soccer player, worked at a high level with, with professional soccer, and then, um, and then simply volunteered to, to participate with our men's soccer program here at Pitt. Um, what that did was it gave us our very first proof of concept, right? Um, a situation whereby, you know, the expertise of an individual coming from the academic realm could translate into on-field success. Simultaneous with his involvement, we, we suddenly had a men's soccer team under the leadership of Jay Vidovich, our head coach, that went to a Final Four and then an Elite Eight. And, and right now they're going back to another Final Four. And, and Coach Vidovich really firmly believed in a, in a high performance model that, that fed off of sports science. So right there was the first incubator that said it's possible and, and it, it produces, you know. Um, and so from there, you start to stretch your legs. And I think that that caught the attention of our, our health and rehab sciences, School of Health and Rehab Sciences, who said, you know what, I mean, maybe there's, maybe there's a, a future industry here, a profession here, um, which, you know, in Australia and, uh, and Europe is a well understood phenomena and degree path, but in the United States does not necessarily show up all that many places. Um, you know, respect, much respect to, to, uh, your alma mater, Aaron, and, and, uh, you know, a few others, but, but there's, there's only so many schools that are producing graduate level sports scientists. So when SHRS showed an interest, we immediately said, let us be the fertile earth, right? Um, you know, send us your students and let us, you know, um, both learn from them and, and, and utilize them within, a power five athletic department, uh, an ACC athletic department that um, is trying to be great, you know, um, and then we sprinkled fertilizer on that. We, we invested in technology. We built relationships. We watered it, right? We convinced coaches to, to get more engaged and, um, and we added fellows, right? Uh, you know, higher level folks pursuing PhDs to oversee those master's students. Um, you know, and then as, as staff transition occurred, we added staff who, who had an, a bent toward this, someone like yourself, Coach Mock, um, and others uh, who have really, you know, helped continue to till that soil and then bring it all into existence. So, um, so we went from folks like Chris and I that have no knowledge of anything sports science mm -hmm. to, you know, putting, putting the right people together with the right, you know, seed capital, so to speak, mm -hmm. to let those experts do their thing. Uh, so that all of a sudden you have this kind of more exponential growth of, of opportunities, but it's not two folks that have no clue what they're doing. They just know that there's an idea there to, to bring in those experts that will take those opportunities. So even when we were talking about the School of Rehab Sciences, they created this master's of sports science program. So now you have a dozen plus master students that you could throw into the mix with folks like yourself and, and, and Coach Ma and Felix, and you you start to have a a large growth of people that are practicing this on a day-to-day -day basis, mixing the researchy side and the strength and conditioning sports science side in a way that we couldn't have done previously. And certainly, you know, Chris and I couldn't have done mm -hmm. it all. And then, and then with that cooking, we, we start making strategic investments. So, so, you know, as we all know, the, the, the revenue drivers of, of athletic departments are often football and men's basketball. Um, and so we have invested in, in fellowships in, in those programs as well um, to try to, to, to spark that. Um, 
uh, Coach Dacchiati over at football came in, uh, you know, a, a believer in, in sports science and, and had a great interest. But what we knew more than anything was that you were going to fail if all you did was buy technology. And you were going to fail if you just told your strength coaches to figure it out. Um, we, we learned that early on, and that is no knock on strength coaches uh, and their aptitude. Um, you all are, are some of the most well-researched, well-read you know, uh, folks that in, in any athletic college athletics industry, but it was too much to just dump it. And so yeah, through Evan's support. It's a day job that you all have, which doesn't include you know, programming mm -hmm. whatever computer language of the day is to mm -hmm. analyze large amounts of data. Mm -hmm. And through, so through a lot of Evan's support and then honestly his cultivation of others on campus, um, you know, we, we at Pitt have a lot of folks who really want to see what comes of the investments in the athletic department um, that are related to, you know, rehab sciences, health sciences, and and others and they're watching our progress and and we're proud to say the progress has been exponential really um and so you say what's next um you know i i would say certainly that that what's next you know for us is is to then advance to that next degree of a doctoral degree in sports science um you know conversations are almost daily on that um you know short of a, a little pandemic we had there i think we'd be there already personally um, but, uh, but now, you know, with, with, uh, a lot of that behind us, I, I see in the next couple of years, Pitt launching a doctoral program, um, you know, with a, a cohort of four to eight, you know, individuals and those folks being placed throughout the athletic department to make, make a difference day to day and not necessarily have to be focused on research that's outside of athletics, but entirely focused on research inside athletics, working with maybe one, two, three teams. Um, and, and being in place for, you know, three years or more um, to really get integrated into that culture and, and with the coaches to, to advance things, work with the master's students and certainly yourself, Aaron, and others. Yeah, I know that's great. I know one thing that um, we've, we've really been lucky with uh, since I've been here and that's, you know, having the master's students, you know, being integrated with a lot of our teams and um, you know, one of the limitations with that is, you know, the consistency of turnover and, uh, you know, selfishly, I would love to have, you know, that goal of, um, you know, you know, Pitt pursuing the development of a PhD program that we can get more longitudinal, um, you know, work and research done rather than like, you know, kind of the short term, like get students that, uh, you know, can get their feet wet and, mm -hmm do a good job for a little bit and then they go off and, you know, mm -hmm. get another job elsewhere. And, you know, I think we've been lucky to hold on to a couple of our own here as well. And I know, uh, mm -hmm. you know, Heather Betancourt um, mm -hmm. was a student under me last year and uh, we, we didn't want to let her go. And now is uh, here working with basketball as well. Mm -hmm. And I think that they're, um, you know, future interns and uh, current students that, you know, are kind of fitting that same mold. And um, Evan, to go back to your point too, um, Chris, I appreciate you trying to hop or hype up strength coaches, but, um, you know, it's, we just do what we can. Um, but at the end <laughs> of the day, like it does take, uh, someone, if, if you're going to do it right, it's going to mm -hmm. take someone with the time competency and interest mm -hmm. to, you know, push for those, uh, initiatives, whatever that may be on like the nuts and bolts level. And but I would say there, I think that part of the secret sauce we found is to have someone that can do that, but can speak coach language, right? We, mm -hmm. We've seen too many times the 
the researcher or the student who is very focused on the the answers or the hypothesis or the the research piece of it, but can't really talk in the right language to explain what they're doing or to uh, to listen to what the to what the coach needs. So having someone who is good on the research side and good on the number crunching side, but can also communicate at the right with the with the right kind of language back to you. That's we've seen that in our experiences. That's that's kind of the really most important ingredient of all these things. And you, I mean, with Aaron, with you and, and the team and, and with, with Steph, you all can speak both those languages. And that's been, you know, a really important part of growing as we've had, as you said, you know, exponentially before is because you have, we've added folks to the staff like yourself that can sit in that divide and you can train other folks to do that. We've had, I mean, we, I won't name the name of the team, but we've had, when Chris and I sat in, in uh, Heather's conference room, with one of the premier major league baseball franchises who said, if you can get me more sports scientists that can talk to my coaches, I'll hire them every day I can. So it's, it's that, it's that kind of piece that is as important as being able to understand or can do the, the programming languages uh, as well. For sure. And um, you know, it's, it's encouraging, uh, for myself and, and hopefully for you guys, a friend of mine who works, uh, you know, with uh, a major league team on the sports science and um, different sport, um, you know, when hiring fellows, uh, you know, or, you know, potentially full time positions, they a lot of I again, maybe biased by my own experience here, but I think people can start to look at um, some of the people that are coming out of the program um, under you know, the leadership of people like Felix and understand the developmental experience that they get at just like a student level or an intern level. And, you know, that they are, they are people that get coached through having conversations with the head coaches and aren't just kind of the, the behind the scenes or desk workers. And, you know, that's starting to be noticed. And I, I think it, it speaks volumes for the, you know, the, the future of this program as it continues to exponentially grow and that, the personnel that we're getting through it um, and, you know, that we're, the things that we're being able to foster, I think, with some of the uh, the, the young sports scientists coming through the program are, are getting to be real special and uh, a unique environment. Um, and well, and what, one more those thing. those conversations you guys had, man. Yeah. Well, one more thing on that, Aaron, because this is another one of the, the, the stopping points we've had, especially on the academic side, is is where some folks will question the, the job market. Uh, for graduates. Um, and and I, I have a hard time with that because number one, uh, you've seen the spreadsheet. I mean, all of our folks that have come through the program that want to stay in the business are in the business, number one. Number two, um, you know, uh, I've heard from some of the, the largest vendors in the, the tech industry, sports tech industry say, you know, while we love our friends from across the pond in various places, um, there are some coaches who are not going to respond the same way as as hiring someone that maybe is more familiar with a sport that's very North American, like football, you know, or or just uh, just a, a North American sort of bandwidth anyway. Um, and uh, and and that they would love to be able to recruit from North American universities, those kinds of folks. Um, it's expensive to go find people from other countries. Not everybody wants to make that move. I mean, it's it's challenging. And and so so having a, a place that's producing those folks is is crucial. And then and then thirdly, I would just say too, you know, you have to give it a chance to work, right? Um, my favorite my favorite anecdote I always tell people is 
you know, there was a time when equipment managers were the people who taped ankles. And then someone said, you know, hey, that's that's kind of a medical thing. Maybe we should teach people how to do that. Um, and there was a time where where people said, ah, oh, lifting weights make you makes you muscle bound. We don't we don't want to be muscle bound. Why would we do that? I mean, you can't throw a baseball as well. Well, now strength coaches are everywhere. Right. And and there was a time where people smoked and drank beer in the locker room. Yeah, but now people are like, yeah, but you got to fuel your body. So nutritionists, uh, dietitians have come along, right? And and on and on into sports psych and and all these things. But in all those cases, there was a point where people said, I don't know if that's, I don't know if that we need that. Why do we need that, right? Um, and at Pitt, we want to say, you know, we're going to be the first ones who know you need that, so we get a leg a decade or more up on you. Right. And and we start to promote, you know, the University of Pittsburgh is the place where you go get those folks. And then, you know, we make that mark both on the field and in the classroom in a way that, that we we change the profession. That's really what our goal is. Oh, that's 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 awesome. Um, I guess to build from that just a little bit, um, you know, assuming all the right pieces kind of fall in place um, over the next 10 years, like you said, um, what what is the totality of the picture of you know this department, um, the its relationship uh, with campus, and you know how well integrated it is within the athletic department? Like, what is the? That's a cliche question, but like, what's the total vision long term of like, you know, where where do we want this to go if everything does fall into place correctly? Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. So I mean, I, my view is that we, we we have the foremost sports science institute in you know in all the world. We, mm. We're in a unique place now, given the capability we have on the research side, given the kind of the caliber of the student athletes that we bring into our organization. There's really not many other Power Five programs in the U.S. that have the mix of uh, research capabilities, student athlete capabilities in a town with as many professional uh, sports franchises, with the healthcare system that that we have kind of our at, in our backyard with the uh, University of Pittsburgh Medical Center. So there's no reason why we cannot be kind of that beacon for 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 sports science around the around the world. And that's kind mm -hmm. of where we're trying to take this. Yep. The, the steak I said that you can't chew all at once, you know, we want to be eating that steak over the next 10 years. Right. And, and truly eat the whole thing, which is, which is to say exactly what, what Evan said and, and get back to, you know, I mean, a, a number of, of, you know, sort of verticals that can be a part of this that we've had to, to crawl and then walk before we could run. So, um, you know, uh, publishing regularly, um, you know, spinning out technology, um, you know, uh, partnering with our friends in the, in the sports analytics space to merge both sports science and sports analytics, uh, partnering with vendors to where, you know, I would love to see a place where, you know, many, if not all of our students actually are, are sponsored students by, by some of the biggest names in sports tech. Um, you know, and, and then that, that PhD or, or sometimes we, we would say a doc, a, a, an SCD, a doctorate of science, um, not necessarily with PH, um, you know, some version of that where, where we have the boots on the ground necessary to execute this at the highest level without necessarily needing to hire 17 full-time people. Um, you know, we would have the right number of full-time people to lead it with the students, uh, the eager, hungry, ready to go students to, to really put the work in. And the, the place where people want to come and test their next generation products, because they can get that output from us. The place where we train folks like yourselves, folks that are yeah. doing continuing education, 
undergraduate through postdoc, whatever. But this is this is the place where everyone comes to get up trained to be able to go back to their sports franchise or go back to their you know their where they're sitting in the academic world. Uh, but to, this this would be the only place that they can get that level of of training and capability. And Aaron, we'd be remiss too not to mention, you know, we we have, you know, depending on how the bills all come in, you know, just call it several hundred million dollars in facilities on their way. Um, you know, most notably the performance center, we just just sort of uh, publicly, um, you know, uh, sort of guaranteed its arrival in fall of, of 25. Uh, that'll it'll house 16 of our Olympic sports um, and it, it'll have lab space in it. You know, I mean, it'll have testing space in it. And and uh, we're in discussions with vendors right now to sort of to equip it, you know, to to really be sort of a, a living laboratory in in the gymnasium style arena style spaces um, to, to as best as possible start to, you know, uh, eliminate that lab rat feeling that can happen when there's just too much tech around. Try to get it to a place where where those folks who want to see the next the next big thing, you know, that they want to invest in in us to show that that you don't always have to have something on your body to measure what it's doing and its potential. Yeah, it's a great point. And um, yeah, a lot of really, you know, in that, you know, goals of, you know, long term in 10 years, it's it's cool to know and to hear like a lot of those things are the pieces that it takes to get to that point. We're already like those dominoes are already falling. They're mm -hmm. already being set in place. Um, and I know obviously a big piece of that being the new facility. Um, you mentioned the sports science lab and all that, but you didn't mention the most important part, uh, the most exciting part, which will be my new office. Well, and the way, <laughs> that's, you know, it's 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 all coming together, though. You, you haven't let uh, Evan and I know if, if, if we've got the street cred to get into that space. I know that there's a lot of people coming to, coming to visit you. So you let us know what if we make the list. <laughs> oh, man, you guys, you guys are always welcome. Um, well, no, really, really appreciate you guys and uh, just kind of hearing this, you know, process, uh, organic process of, you know, something as small as a conversation or a phone call kind of developing into um, something big uh you know it's like uh you know the the amazon starting out of the garage or whatever uh and you know this it's cool to be a part of that i know for myself and um i, I think both of you should definitely take a lot of pride in uh you know where where it's been how it's going and um again those pieces that are already set in play to come so it's it's cool to be a part of it's exciting and i uh, really appreciate both of you kind of sharing some thoughts and some some history and all that and um, yeah, just appreciate y'all taking the time and, uh, thank you both very much. I appreciate that. Awesome. Thanks so much, Aaron. Appreciate awesome, all you, you do. Guys. Well, that'll conclude this episode. Uh, thank you again and hail to pit everybody. <laughs>